Hello, bienvenue and willkommen to volume two of the Cryptips podcast. My name is Liam Ross and today we'll be discussing uh, the hot topic in crypto right now, the elephant in the room as it were. Is it a security? Is it a currency? Of course, we're talking about XRP. Now, the first question that many people ask, or, or the question that I should probably answer first, what is XRP? And to be honest, at, at this moment in time, that's exactly the clarity that we're looking to seek from the Securities and Exchange Commission's uh, impending court case against Ripple uh, and its directors, uh, Brad Garlinghouse, uh, Larson uh, et al., uh, of which is due to start on the 22nd of February. But what is XRP and what is Ripple? Well, they're, of course, two completely different things. And if I hear you referring to your XRP as your Ripple, I will slap you. Um, The the reason being is XRP is the digital asset for global payments, meaning it's a form or what we would Uh, our argument is and what is the argument of XRP holders, that it is a digital currency to provide on-demand liquidity across borders. And that notion of on-demand liquidity or ODL is one of the most important things about what, uh, what makes XRP so great. So think about XRP as the, the, the digital currency of which runs on the ledger being the XRP ledger. And what is Ripple? Well, Ripple is the company of which created the real-time gross settlement and remittance network of which is used to send XRP. So RippleNet Uh, of which is, uh, again, a a payment network used to facilitate payments across borders, uh, is is ultimately uh, a new way of sending currency without using the archaic methods of old. Now, in... Before the the podcast started, I I did um, an exercise as one of you guys um, asked me um, what is the the benefit of XRP? Um, So to sort of show you as to um, one of those benefits, um, I did a bit of a live time or uh, a bit of a dummy run. Um, I've sent a payment um, to somebody who wishes to remain anonymous. Um, For the case of this exercise, we shall call him Max Chappell. Um, I sent him some XRP. Uh, of course, I'm located in New Zealand and he is located in England. Um, so just a mere 14,000 kilometers uh, of which I sent him a small amount of XRP um, on the XRP ledger. So bearing in mind, this is a cross-border payment uh, of which if using on um, the SWIFT payment network used by the world's um, main central banks or um, your large banking entities like HSBC and Wells Fargo, sending a payment via SWIFT um, in pounds sterling or dollars can typically take between three to five working days. So I sent the payment at around 11 o'clock 
um, last night, New Zealand standard time. Uh, and by two o'clock in the morning, um, Max had already received it in, in the UK. Um, it could have been sooner than that, but that was just the time that he checked uh, his account. So inside three hours, um, I was able to send a, a payment across five, four or five continents um, and able to send it into an XRP wallet uh, of another XRP holder uh, in, in another country. So that on-demand liquidity and the efficiency, how quickly payments are able to be sent on the Ripple network in XRP is what makes XRP so great. But we must, really, we must remember the argument of Ripple is that XRP is a currency and you can buy that as a form of currency, whereas Ripple is the company. It is its own entity. Um, you can buy shares in Ripple. Um, if you buy shares in Ripple, then you have um, a, a shareholder uh, arrangement with Ripple, the company themselves. So that's the, uh, the, the first point and a really important one and which makes the, the basis of Ripple's legal case. Ripple is the company that created the RippleNet payment network, of which is uh, a settlement system in real time, or RTGS, uh, as known in the industry. And it is a real benefit as the energy efficiency piece cannot be ignored. In this, I would say, as we move into a more sustainable world as the years and decades progress, the importance of sending payments in as energy efficient ways as possible will become more and more paramount. For example, with Bitcoin, uh, the annual CO2 uh, usage or what is expended into the atmosphere, 318,333.1 million tons of CO2 admitted into the atmosphere um, by processing Bitcoins, which is a vast amount. And surely the purpose of creating digital currencies or crypto uh, is to make things easier and more efficient for us. Um, that is a vast amount of CO2. And I would say that's unsustainable going forward. Um, however, of course, um, XRP will uh, emit some CO2 as well as it requires some energy, um, but 90% less than that of Bitcoin. XRP's annual CO2 uh, admittance to the atmosphere is 3,057 uh, tons of CO2 uh, emitted into the atmosphere annually. Um, so the efficiency piece is majorly important as um, the amount of carbon that Bitcoin emits into the atmosphere is just ludicrous. And correlating that into physical power or kinetic energy or um, actually doing something with that power. Bitcoin, you could send a Boeing 747 around the world 224,000 times and versus XRP, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be able to get around the globe once. Um, so that just shows the vast difference in energy consumption and where better the energy consumption of, of these higher um, using mined uh, currencies such as Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, how much uh, energy they require in order to be mined and also the, the CO2 that they then admit afterwards. So two big no-nos if, uh, if I have my Greenpeace hat on, of which I always do. 
scalability the xrp ledger and this is something that i find really really interesting because the scalability on the xrpl it allows for 1500 tps so what that means is 1500 transactions per second can be sent on the xrpl without detrimenting the speed of the network and, and that really got me thinking because why do the exchanges keep going down as if the if xrp is derived from the xrpl which is one of the most efficient networks in or, or blockchain networks in cryptocurrency then why do the exchanges keep going down every time the xrp rises from 40 cents to 70 cents yet bitcoin pumps five grand in a day like it's nothing and, and the exchanges are able to cope and there's no issue whatsoever again i'm not a conspiracy theorist and i always look at the facts but you can't help but think there's some sort of an agenda at play here when the volume of transactions in bitcoin um, surely would would come close to what we see in these uh, surge um, activities or, or xrp pump events these things happen across all currencies. So why is it only XRP that the, all the exchanges uh, across the globe choose to simultaneously shit themselves at the same time? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but it, it leads me to believe there's something more than, than what we're being told. Again, we must also remember the, the vested interest that people would have against XRP. And I mentioned earlier in the podcast the SWIFT payment network. And SWIFT is a global payments network owned by uh, the previous entities um, I mentioned. It's part of a, a cooperative group. Um, however, cooperative group is just more of a facade. Ultimately, it's a big group of, of big boys in the finance industry, including HSBC, Wells Fargo, Barclays, etc., etc. These guys have a massive vested interest to lose to something like XRP. The amount of payments that are sent on SWIFT every second is in, in the millions. And every transaction that is sent on SWIFT has some form of, of transaction fee. Um, so therefore, to lose that monopolized network of payments to another competitor, that's going to have the bank scared. And as a result, there's going to be some sort of um, an agenda at play of which is is what we're seeing in the SEC lawsuit. They have a lot to lose to XRP. The banks are shitting themselves. That there is now a faster way to send payments. It's a lot cheaper to send that payment to Max. Yesterday cost me less than one USD. To send it via SWIFT would have cost £25 and it would have taken four days longer. They have a huge, huge elephant in the room as now there is a, um, a challenge to the status quo that has been the payment system or the global payment system uh, of the last 20 years. Of course, another uh, I have to holistically argue the benefits and the negatives. I've been through... Um, I've been through the benefits in some detail, um, moving on to the negatives now. And of course, um, we have to look at those um, in order to create uh, a sound argument for and against and of which you can then use the, that information to create 
um, your own uh, decisions or your own um, thinking going forward. But that SEC court case uh, is probably the the most impending uh, or, or the largest disadvantage that looms on XRP itself. They argue that XRP is a security of which the price is is controlled and uh, and ultimately manipulated by Ripple and the events at Ripple. Now, the case itself launched by the SEC was launched in acrimonious circumstances. The the previous uh, director or head of the SEC, Jay Clayton, launched the uh, the lawsuit to then resign from his post less than 24 hours after, of which it, it, it smacked of all the wrong things, as this is possibly the biggest case in the cryptocurrency sector. And to have someone that's worked their whole way through their career to get to the top of the, the tree in, in securities and exchange policy, there's no bigger job than the head of the SEC, and there would have been no bigger case than the XRP case. So that would have been a huge, huge moment for his career. Why did he quit? Why would you do that? I, 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 can't, I can't honestly sit here as a careerist and as a professional and... You get yourself into that position, you've worked 30 years in finance, to then get your moment in the sun where you're in the New York Times, you're in Bloomberg, you're on CNN, you've got limelight on you, to then walk away a day later. You've even not got to be sure what you're saying or there's got to be some sort of vested interest that we're, we're not um, aware of as just mere mortals. Um, but... The case itself has been launched acrimoniously, to say the least. The repercussions for the wider crypto community are massive. And the, to be honest, the, the, the clarity is, is much needed. As for years now, uh, regulatory or, or laws, as it were, around the usage of crypto have been lacking. And as a result, um, it's it's been difficult for... Uh, cryptocurrency providers or currencies to to gauge uh, exactly what it is or what hymn sheet that the SEC is singing from. And that leads me to Ripple's defence, of which they've said is classic tactics, to be honest. Classic, classic tactics. They've asked for a freedom of information request in relation to Bitcoin and Ethereum, which were deemed as not securities. They've asked to see the paperwork in relation to those trials. So that's pretty much like saying, look, we wasn't going to say anything, but now you're pulling us up, we're going to pull them up as well. Classic, classic tactics. And to be honest, you know, you have to fight fire with fire in these sort of cases. And I, I back that sort of stuff because it's taking a, a proactive um, step in terms of looking at what's happened um, in most recent history in this vertical market to try and use um, the legislation or the reading of the legislation in that court case uh, as to take precedent in this one. And I'm still uh, moving on to what I think of maybe, again, these all the disadvantages have their own merits, but for me, um, this is another big one. And of course, to be able to provide an effective argument you have to go through both sides for and against um again still in the against uh, side now but the 
uh, one of the, the key issues that I do see is that of Jed McCallum and uh, many of you or, or some of you may know who Jed is, some won't. But Jed was part of Ripple uh, back in 2012, 2013 uh, and left in, uh, I think it was, uh, it was civil, but ultimately he left to create his own cryptocurrency of which is known as XLM or Stellar Lumens um, for, uh, is the, the full name for it. And of which when Jed left uh, Ripple, um, part of, uh, I guess, part of his perks was uh, a huge, huge wallet uh, of XRP, uh, of which inclusive of his activities and the recent sales that he's made um, over the last two weeks, Jed's overall cryptocurrency holdings of which vastly dominated by XRP are over $1.2 billion. And Brad Garlinghouse, uh, the CEO of uh, Ripple, uh, Christian Larson, uh, another one of uh, those who has been uh, named on the lawsuit, these three guys have vast, vast amounts of XRP. They're in the top 0.1%. And with that, I'm talking they have millions and millions, if not billions, in their XRP wallet. Of course, that's it's nepotism. They've Again, a currency's been created and they seem to own a lot of it, which doesn't look good um, from the outside world. But it's exactly the same kettle of fish with bitcoin and ethereum satoshi nakamoto owns millions of bitcoin vitalik batarin owns millions of ethereum if you created something you'd, you'd keep some for yourself wouldn't you and i think that anyone that says that they wouldn't is is to be honest a liar um so these uh the self-interest and greed in cryptocurrency exist across any currency um, regardless of whether it's uh, bitcoin ethereum or xrp now moving on um, so i've gone through the advantages gone through disadvantages um, of course people know my feelings uh, in relation to xrp um, i've seen that jed McCaleb is is um, reducing his xrp bag quite significantly in line with policies that ripple um, laid out to him and um, he couldn't he couldn't sell all his xrp at once because obviously that would make a massive ripple in the market excuse the pun, um, he has to sell them in um, specific quotas of which he is doing. Um, moving on to another question that I was asked, uh, people are, are often asking me when is a good time to buy and this is like asking how long is a piece of string. The only way that you can do this is by evaluating it yourself and looking at your own budget, looking at what you want to spend but also looking at the charts over the last maybe one or two years. Work it out for yourselves. Get a chart up. Look over the last year. Where's been the high? Where's been the low? Draw um, two lines intersecting those points to, to try and see where the midpoint is. Um, have a look over the last year. Where's the, where's the lowest point been? Where are we now? Have we just seen um, a surge in activity of which usually is followed by a dip? You should always be buying on the dips. And a specific good time to buy? There isn't one. It's all about, it's your own research and I can't give that to you. Um, I can't spoon feed that to you. It's more a case of knowing more about XRP and knowing more about what its prices have been 
um, in the last year, but what its prices have been since records began. When I bought into XRP, um, it was around 17 cents. It's now uh, around 43 cents, of which it's recently found a new resistance point. So I'm very, very, um, my, my prospects on the future of XRP are very bright, and I feel that the court case is, is truly suppressing the value of XRP, but a good time to buy. Um, at, at the end of the day, as long as you're not selling and you're accumulating XRP for the next year, um, there's no real right or wrong answer to that question. Um, but all I can say to you is just buy on the dip of the time that you are in. Um, so here and now we're seeing uh, activity around 43 cents, which is up uh, five cents in the last 24 hours. So with that, you'd expect to see that retest in the next 24 hours still, um, of which you may see it drop back down to around 40 cents. Again, this is hypothetical, but use that to your knowledge. When you see a pump, a, a significant and sustainable pump uh, over a, a few hours or a 12 hour or 24 hour period, know that it will usually be, pre, be uh, succeeded by uh, a retest period. All I can say to you now is accumulate and hold. Um, there's been uh, um, uh, uh, rumours of another one of these pump events on Saturday. Everybody knows my thoughts on these. They're bad for the industry. Um, I won't be getting involved. Um, all, I, all, I, all I would say to you is that people need to have some balls. Um, you're going to see things going up. You're going to see things going down. If you don't like volatile markets, cryptocurrency is not for you. If you're pooing yourself over, um, over seeing gains lost in a couple of hours, cryptocurrency is not for you. Um, so now just to summarise, um, I've been, again, been through um, all the argument holistically uh, in relation to XRP. So some important stuff for you. The court case is due to start on the 22nd of February. Uh, of February. 22nd of February. Uh, I've just made a, a new date there. The 22nd of February, uh, of which uh, typically regulatory cases, uh, financial regulatory cases of this sort of magnitude can last for around one year. Um, uh, during that time, there could be some sort of resolution. There could be a mediation, a settlement reached. An angle that I see is that the Securities and Exchange Commission asked uh, Jed McCaleb, Brad, uh, and uh, Seb Larson to reduce their XRP holdings. That could be one eventuality. Um, but of course, they could see the court case run through the whole of its uh, of its course, um, which will be um, led and forefronted by uh, the SEC's new chair, Gary Gensler, who is um, supposed to be um, pro-crypto, um, which is in contrast to the dystopian uh, dinosaur-like uh, Jay Clayton uh, of of previous administrations. Um, so now um, over to you guys, really. Um, I, I want you to go and do a bit more of your own research um, because now I've given you all the tools, given you the resources. Um, now it's all about getting involved in the subject and, and learning yourself. Um, people ask me, why do I believe in XRP so much so um, well, why don't you go and find out for yourself why I, I believe in it so much of course the last 23 minutes of me banging on about how much I believe in it um, should be um, enough of an indicator but also as well you should have a look into SBI Holdings and the Q8 Central Bank Partnership 
with Ripple um, that are two uh, most recent strategic partnerships launched by Ripple uh, in the Asia-Pacific region, which is why I'm particularly bullish about the prospects of XRP. Right, that's it for now. Thank you very much. That was a bumper episode. I had a lot to get through. Uh, apologies for the delay, but um, yeah, technical problems of which we, we got to in the end. Uh, and Max Chappell, not his real name, uh, was able to receive his payment uh, across borders inside four hours and on that note thank you very much for listening um i will put uh, maybe a poll up in the group or i'll ask some people as to the topics of the next podcast uh, but for now happy trading um have some balls and go hard cheers guys <laughs>